Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Come on. Come on, let's give Jesus the highest praise. Come on, we believe in you, Jesus. We believe in you, Jesus. We believe in you, Jesus. I love what it says in Isaiah 43, chapter 16. It says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. And right here in verse 18 says, Remember not the former things, all right? Let's put away, I know we're two weeks into 2020, but let's maybe put away 2019, all right? And so remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. I'm about to say new thing. Come on, say it with a little swag, a new thing. That's right, a new year, a new you. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not feel it? Do you not know or realize it? That God is making a way. That's good news this morning. God is making a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, when you can't see it, when you can't feel it, when you don't know he's on your side, I'm telling you, God is making a way. Man, it's so good to see you this morning here at Hope Rising. Man, why don't you high five about three people around you and tell them, come on, he's making a way. He's making a way. He's making a way. He's making a way this morning. Making a way. I hope you're doing all right. Well, feels good outside, doesn't it? Come on. Come on. I know you're like, well, I live in Houston, so I want it to be hot. But man, it's hot like 364 days out of the year. Can we just get one cold day? All right, man, it feels good outside. Uh, don't worry, I always say it'll be hot by Wednesday or something like that. So uh, enjoy a little bit of that colder, that cooler weather. Uh, it is so good. Well, hey, I'm Pastor Welby, lead pastor. Uh, me and my wife, Kristen, get the awesome privilege of getting to, to be the lead pastors here and, and be able to lead you and, uh, and point you to Jesus. And I just want to say, man, it is our honor and privilege to get to do that. Uh, and so, man, so thanks for being here today. Uh, I promise you it's going to be a great day. Turn to somebody and say, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be so good. So good. Man, we are, we are in a, uh, the second week of our series called New Year, 
new you. Come on, say that with me. New year and a new you. I don't know about you, I, I like New Year's because it really begins to set my focus and switch my focus a little bit. That, that man, we're going to put former things behind us. We're going to put old things behind us. And we're going to look forward to what God is going to do this year. And, and not just this year, but this decade. Did you realize that? That it's not just a new year, but it is a new decade. And I am expecting God for some great things in my life and in and through this church. And so uh, we are in a, a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. And uh, man, I want to encourage you uh, to be a part of 21 days of prayer and fasting with us as a church. Uh, you can go to our website uh, and click in the navigation links. It says 21 days. Uh, you can click that and it can help just be a guide for you each and every day as we pray uh, for our city, for our families. Uh, today, our prayer focus is the lost and we'll do that in just a little bit. But I am uh, so thankful uh, that you are participating with us. If you haven't, I want to challenge you to start this week, all right? Uh, you don't have to throw the whole 21 days in the trash. Uh, just start this week uh, with us as we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so uh, last week, last week as we started this series out, uh, we talked about how we need to exchange the lies for the truth. If, if we're going to be healthy, if we're going to have a new year and a new us, then we must exchange the lies for the truth. We, we've got to exchange the way that we think. The, the, the between the ears, we've got to change some things so that you and I can be healthy. How many want to be healthy, right? We always start out the new year wanting to be healthy, right? That's why everybody goes to the gym, like January 1, right? We're bulking up. We just want to be like Cody. We just want to, we want to just look huge, man. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know what you're eating right now, but keep on doing that, bro. And so, uh, but we all want to go to the gym, and we want to be buff, and we want to be fit. And by like day three, we're like, I'm done. I'm tired of the gym. I'm tired of working out. And why? Because, because we're, we're not trying to, we're Something in between our, our ears and in our head, the way we think, needs to shift. It needs to change. And so this year, not just this series, but this year, we're working on you getting healthy, us getting healthy, not just physically, but emotionally and physically and spiritually. Man, this is going to be a killer year, I'm telling you. And so, so last week we talked about that. How do we take the lie and exchange it for God's truth? And we do that by taking back our thought life and changing the way we think. And, and kind of the, the premier verse that we're catapulting or launching off of each week is right here in 2 Corinthians verse or chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to, to de demolish strongholds. Everybody say that word, strongholds. I want you to focus on that word because as we get into today and as we're in this series, this is a, um, th this is a word that we need to be able to, to lean into a little bit. But they have the power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
If you look up the definition of stronghold, the definition is, is a prisoner locked by deception. Somebody who is, is locked by something that is not true, something that is false. They've been deceived. And it's somebody living a life by something that is not true. Everybody say, it's not true. It's not true, but we're living in such a way that it is true. And so we've got to expose the lie and put good truth in its place. We have to expose the lie and not just put good truth. Can I tell us we got to put God's truth in it? That, that if we're going to exchange the lie, if we're going to exchange some of the way we think, we've got to put what God says about it because it's the power of God and the power of his word that's going to change you and change me. Amen? So today we're going to deal with the topic of addiction. We're going to talk about addiction. Who knows somebody in your life that's been wrecked by addiction? Anybody? You know somebody that's been wrecked by addiction. Yeah, no, no don't raise your hand on this next part, but, but how many of you inside are saying, that person I know, don't raise your hand, is me, right? You're like, I'm the person wrecked by addiction, and so today, we're going to talk about this. We're going to, we're going to talk about what this looks like and, and what God says about it. Because it's not just about, it's just not for the drug, the drug addicts or, or the alcoholics. It's, it's not just for those that we would easily say, oh yeah, they're an addict. Or, oh yeah, they got problems. We're not talking about just those issues. See, the, def the definition of addiction is anything that I do that I don't want to do but won't stop doing anything that I do that I don't want to do. Anybody been there? You don't want to do it, but you won't or you can't stop doing. So how do you know today if you have an addiction? This, this, this may be one of those messages today that you just want to look straight ahead today, you know. It's okay. You don't have to look or nudge your neighbor today. Be like, oh, he's talking about you. I know he is. <laughs> Uh, it, it may be maybe one of those days. It's okay. Uh, just look straight ahead. We'll be good. Me and you will make eye contact, and uh, God will still be on the throne. So how do you know if you have an addiction? Well, if you have something, if it weren't in your life, your life would be so much better. How do you know you have an addiction? There's something maybe in your life that if it wasn't there, your life would be better. Anger. If anger wasn't maybe in your life, your life would be so much better. How you respond to other people, right? It, it, it would be so much better if you could just not be angry, but you could respond in a calm way or a calm manner. Maybe, maybe the addiction is television, like television is good, but if you overwatch TV, it can become a bad thing. Pornography, it's a bad thing. Maybe it's your phone. Man, I, I've seen a lot of y'all. I know, I know you're addicted to this thing, right? You're walking across the street, watch out for the car, right? Because our faces are down, we forgot how to even communicate with people. Like in having a real conversation with people, we just, we just connect through this thing. And it's made us stupid. All right. I'm just saying. Amen. Amen. 
a preacher said once, I didn't, I didn't hear a lot of amens, but I don't want any. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it makes, it makes us not smart. We're addicted to this thing and we can't get off of it. The Bible is very honest about the struggle. In fact, the Apostle Paul devotes a whole chapter in Romans and talks about the struggle. In Romans, Romans 7, and he, he says this in verse 21. Listen, listen to this. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, I think everybody could find themselves here in this spot. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I'm a good person, Paul's saying. Like, like I, I follow, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. I read my Bible. I show up to church. Like, like I delight in God's law, but, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. How many have ever experienced that inside of you? Like we've experienced that before. Like, like I've experienced that in my own life where, where I want to do good, but I can't. There's, there's a war on the inside of me. And what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? You see, we have to expose the lie and exchange it for the truth. I, I entitled this message today, The Struggle is Real. How many know that? The struggle is real. Come on, if you've ever struggled with anything in your life before, if you're living and breathing, I know you have. The struggle is real. I was gonna put dot, 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 but God is good. He is good. But just, I was gonna leave it at that for now. The struggle is real. So here are some addiction lies. Here, here's some things maybe Maybe if, if you're struggling with addiction, I, I want to help you today. I know they have uh, programs like, like 12 Steps, and, and those things are great uh, in, in helping you identify some of your problems and, and identifying and, and kind of working their way through that. But, but I want to help you today through God's Word. Here are some addiction lies that maybe you tell yourself. One is this. It becomes a part of my identity, your identity. It becomes just who you are. You begin to tell yourself the lie, well, this is just who I am. Or this is, my grandfather was an alcoholic and my dad was an alcoholic, so I must be an alcoholic myself. Well, my, 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 my grandparents were divorced and my parents got divorced, so, so I, I just must be a part of, of what's gonna happen in my life. And uh, well, I, I just, this is who I, this is what I did, so it must be who I am. Can I tell you today, stop believing the lie of the enemy. What you did is not who you are. It's just what you did. Who you are is who God says you are and who he sees inside of you and the potential that God has for you. So stop believing the lie. I'm coming with fire today. So if you didn't know it, I'm ready to go. All right. So the first lie, it becomes a part of my identity, stop believing it. it's, not your, it's not your identity. What you did is what you did, but it's not who you are. Some people in this room, I don't want to look at you because I want to point you out, but I want you to hear me this morning. What you did and where you've been is not who you are. What you did and who you are and what you, where you've been is not who you are. The second lie, when I try to quit, but I fail. I'm sorry, when I, when I try to quit but fail, I feel increasingly hopeless. It's a lie of the enemy. Can't do it, failing, so I'm just hopeless. Can I tell you, if you've got breath this morning, 
there's hope for you. God's still got a plan for you. He's still got purpose and, and dreams that he wants to see you fulfill. Can I tell you, if you're breathing, he's got purpose and there's hope in a man named Jesus. Third addiction lie, any threat to my addiction becomes a threat to me. People maybe have, maybe people come and begin to talk to you about, hey man, I, I, I've seen you struggling. I, I feel like there's, there's some things in your life or I, I saw the way you, you, you treated this person or I saw you going to this place or, or, and we begin to be defensive about what the person is bringing to us. And we're like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, like it's, it's just what I, what I do. You, you don't understand it. It's no big deal. And we begin, begin to be defensive. It's a lie. A lie that says that, that now I'm threatened. I'm being threatened, and so I have, to, I have to raise the level of intensity to defend my actions. Another lie is that I begin to lose my life. The struggle is real, and you begin to struggle, and you begin to, to have some pain and some hurts, and, and we begin to think that we're at the point of no return. We're at the point of no return. Man, I'm so sick of seeing the enemy rob people and of them taking their own life because, because they feel like they are hopeless. They feel like they're in a place that there is no hope and they feel like they're at a place that they have, they have, they have heard the voice and believed the voice of the enemy that they're at the point of no return. And can I tell you, you're not at the point of no return. There is hope. Last year, we saw so many, not, not people that go to church. I saw so many pastors. There's Almost every month, there was a report of a pastor taking their own life last year. And I just thought, man, if pastors are dealing with things, if pastors are dealing with hurt and pain and shame, well, then surely the other people that come to church and sit in seats like you do today, that you, you experience and, and go through the same things that other people are going through, you're not past the point of no return. We serve a God who is able to turn it around for your good. It's for your good. It's for your good. He's a good God. He works together for those that love him and who are called according to his purpose. We don't believe the lie. I'll lose my life. And I ease the pain, this last lie. I ease the pain by getting my next fix. If you struggle with addiction, you know that is a lie because the next fix only works for so long. The next fix is only good for the moment that you're in the middle of the fix, but once the fix is over, you only want to go back to that once the trigger is done again. The thing that made you think about doing that, the thing that, that made you think about going there, it's only good for the moment. Romans, Paul continues. He says, I've, I've tried everything. I feel like sometimes, sometimes we're here at this place. I've tried everything and nothing helps. Have you ever been there before? I've tried everything. I've tried Jesus. Come on, anybody being honest. Like I've tried Jesus and nothing seems to work. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Christ, Jesus Christ can and he does. Well, what does he do? He helps you. Jesus, he can and he will. He will help you. He acted, 
he acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. He acted to set things right. He stretched his arms on a cross to die for you and for me and for the addictions that you and I may see ourselves in. And he'll stretch his arms out for the things that we want to do good and the battle of the things inside of us that say, oh, but I really want to do this instead. He died for that. And so I'm just believing that 2020 is going to be a lot better than 2019. Come on, I'm believing that 2020, that God is doing a new thing in you and in us, that, that this decade can be better than the last decade. Like, like the 10 years, whatever last 10 years were for you, I don't know about you, I need these next 10 years to count and for them to be a lot better than they were this last 10. Like there are some victories that I saw and there's some great things that God did, but I'm believing that this next 10 years and this decade that God shows up and shows out and does some things that I look back and I say, but God, but God. And so Paul, he, he says in, in chapter eight, he continues this conversation. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. There's nobody pointing a finger at you. Like, like that's one of the things I love about this church. Like, I, I want you to know today, it may surprise you. It, it may it may blow your mind today, but I want you to know that the person sitting next to you is jacked up. I want you to know today that the person holding the microphone is the chief jacked up person in the room. Like, I don't have it all together. I know I look like it. Like, I know you're like, man, you look so fresh in them J's and, and, and all of that. Like, like, I know what you're thinking. It's okay. But, but we're in a room that, that there is no condemnation. Like, I, I love what we've done in this church and set the culture. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, like if you knew what some of the people have done in this room today, you'd be like, oh, man, but can I tell you that there's, like, nobody's saying, I can't believe you did that. Can't believe, oh, man. And you know what happens with, with, with people that have been saved and been in Christianity for a little bit? They just have learned how to lie better and dress it up a little bit better. The, the people that, that we set out to reach when we started this church we said, man, we, we, want, we exist so people far from God experience new life in Christ. It's like, like we were going after people that didn't know Jesus. And, and, and can I tell you, it's working. But, but I'm telling you, there's people that we're going to reach that they come in with some heavy stuff. They're carrying some baggage. They're carrying some weight that maybe you've never had to carry. Maybe some weight I've never had to carry. But we exist for them. We don't exist just for a church full of church people. Like, that's cool, but, but we decided that we weren't going to be that church. Like, we, we didn't want to be a church that was just pretty and just looked good and felt good. And we all smiled. Well, we went home and, and nothing changed on Monday. We want to be a church to say, you know, we're going to reach people. And we're going to meet them right where they're hurting. We're going to meet them right in the middle of their pain. We're going to meet them right in the middle of what they've got going on. And we're, life's going to get messy. It's not, going to, it's not always going to be good or feel good. 
but we're going to believe in people. And if we do anything wrong in this church, is that we're going to love people and we're going to believe them. We're going to believe in them from hell all the way to heaven, from hell all the way back. We're going to believe people and we're going to see their lives changed forever. I thought I'd get a better amen out of some of, some of y'all today. There's no condemnation. There was this old lady, this old lady who uh, lived in this town and, and she, had called, she had called a pastor and she said, Pastor? He said, well, yes. He said, she said, she said, would you pray for me? He said, yes, ma'am, but I'm not too for sure who you are. And she's like, oh, I don't go to your church. And he said, oh, you don't? She said, no, I, I go to this other church down the road. And he's like, okay. You just sort of ask some questions. And he's like, he's like, I don't mind praying for you, but, but why don't you pray? Why don't you go to your pastor at your church and have him pray for you? She said, oh, I can't do that. If I did that, then they'd know what I was going through. Like, can, I, can I tell you, in a place that there's no condemnation, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Set you free. How about say free? Come on, say it like you mean it. Say free. Come on. There's two things about addictions. There's two things about addictions. That anytime someone or something that has held you captive other than God I want you to know that every stronghold, every stronghold starts with the root of this one word and it's idolatry. Every stronghold starts with this one word, idolatry. In other words, it's, it's not just the thing at the physical level. It's just not the symptom. You, you have a cold, and that's a symptom of what's really going on. It's the outward symptom of what's really going on in the inside of you. It's just not a physical thing. It now, idolatry, now it has taken place in our hearts. In fact, the definition of idolatry is anything we allowed to sit on the throne of our hearts other than God. It's no longer a habit, it's a love. It's no longer an addiction, it's a passion, and it's idolatry. Write this down. We are always a slave to whatever is on the throne of our hearts. We are always a slave to whatever is on the throne of our hearts. And I want you to know that it's spiritual. It's spiritual. In the American church, we have strayed away from placing emphasis on spiritual things. I, I, I grew up in, in the, in the, as a teenager in the 90s, and man, our church... And it, it, every Sunday, maybe you grew up in a church like this, but it was just, man, every Sunday was just like, Holy Spirit, just like, poof, dude, it was like crazy, like crazy church, like sister, you know, so-and-so just like, woo, like getting her dance and she got her high heels on and, you know, and the music like drops, you know, the 808 hits and she's like, woo, poof, 
right? And her shoe goes flying and she's going crazy. And you're like, oh, here we go. You're like, shouldn't have brought my friends today, right? And so, you know, and, uh, and, and so like, like we kind of grew up in that Pentecostal environment and and then kind of as we hit 2000s and the church shifted from, from more of a spiritual emphasis, more to a, a leadership type of emphasis because we saw, we saw the spiritual impact of people's lives, but, but the leadership side of church leaders was not where it needed to be. And so there was this pendulum shift that was like, well, we need leadership to be uh, all that it can be in church. And, and, we, and, and we're going to be seeker friendly. And, and, and I, man, I believe in being seeker friendly and, and make this, this environment right here is so lost people can come to know Jesus. Okay. So, so we're going to make every obstacle. We're going to put every obstacle out of the way so people can come to know Jesus. Okay. Uh, that's what it's about. Sunday, it's about getting people to be free and to know Jesus. It's for people to, to, to understand who Jesus is, to be their, their Lord and their Savior. Can I tell you, I don't know if you got it already, but, but we exist so people far from God experience new life in Christ. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. But we've shifted, but I, I feel a shift that somewhere the church is trying to find a balance of, of how do we have a move of God but still be able to help people. Because people were, were, were dancing and shouting and shundying on Sunday, but they couldn't pay their mortgage bill on Monday. All right, I'll talk to this side. This side over here. It, it, they, were, they, they, were, they were saying, I praise you, Jesus, and lifting hands and saying, Woo, this is good. But still having problems beating their wife. Oh, let me go this side. Maybe this side will help me a little bit better. They were, they were saying, come on, Mimi. They were saying things like, <laughs> they were saying, you know, they, they made church. It felt good on Sunday. Like it felt good like it, like, like it does here. Like, man, it feels good. Can I tell you? Like, look what God's doing, man. Come on, it's 2020. God's doing a new thing. Like, like it feels good. We go home and we're still struggling with the same addictions and, 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 and we, we can't stop at one drink, man. We're just like, we're going to drink until we're drunk. We're going to drink until we just forget everything. And so, and so we, we, we've, we've shifted away from the spiritual side and we say, we're going to come all the way over here. But I'm telling you, we got to find somewhere where there's a balance. It says, you know what, I, I, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. You may need to. I don't know after this message. And so, and so you're going to do whatever you got to do to find this middle, this balance. Because it's spiritual. I'm telling you, it's spiritual. The argument you had on the way to church, it may seem surface level. It's spiritual. I'm not trying to spiritualize everything that happens. Sometimes things happen just because we make mistakes or we do dumb stuff. But it's spiritual. So, how do we work this thing out? Because I know some of y'all are like, okay, I need some help. Three ways. Not 12 steps, just three. Come on. I'm going to help you out today. Three ways to put Jesus back in his rightful place. All right? Three ways. First one is this. Put God first in every area of your life. How are we going to change the way we think? How are we going to break the power of addiction 
in our lives. We're going to put God first in every area of my life. Putting God first, this is what salvation is. Saying yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're far from God. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus or maybe you did when you were eight years old and now you've been living your life and you're, wanting, you're feeling the tug, you're feeling the Holy Spirit in your heart and your spirit right now and God's saying, come back to me. Hey, in a moment, we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna give you an opportunity but this is what salvation is. It's God, it's what God is looking for in our lives to reorder everything and put him first. Whatever is first, let's go ahead and drop that down and put God up in the first position. Amen? I mean, Exodus 20, it says, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. The Ten Commandments right here. You shall have no other gods before me. So how do we do that? We put God first. It's okay to have other loves. It's okay to enjoy life. It's just not okay to have those loves higher than God. Like, I'm gonna step on my toes and yours too, because here we go, ready? It's not my notes, so this is free right here, okay? <laughs> now, I might have to say they have to be equal. But how much time do you spend on social media Mm-hmm. Come on, where my Trev at? Like, how much time do you put on social media, and how much time do you spend spending time with Jesus? Mm. I dropped the mic, but it's too expensive. <laughs> I'm talking about me. <laughs> Eric says, "Thank you." Uh, so. Can we be honest? Can I? Can we just have a real conversation? Like, let's quit playing patty cake. Like, I want to help you. I'm not saying it has to be equal. I'm not saying, oh, I spent this much time and I didn't spend that much time. I'm just saying, is it proportionate? Is it proportionate? How much time are we spending on other things versus spending time with Jesus? You see, Christianity is someone who says, Jesus you can take the place in my heart where you are number one. And so practically, we have to give God the first of everything. We have to give God the first of everything. If we're gonna put him number one in our lives, we've gotta make him first in everything. That, did you know that's why church was placed on, on Sunday? Did you know that that's why church is, it, it starts on Sunday because it's the beginning of the week? Did you know that? Like, like uh, can, I, can I just tell you, it looks amazing in here today, all right? It looks amazing. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it looks good. I'm like, God, you're doing it. You're making it happen. But we've had to add, I don't know, two, three, four rows today to make room for people in this place. Uh, while I was speaking, they've been adding chairs, all right? And so can I tell you, God's doing something. But, but we're going to start on Sunday. And I, I dream of the day that, that we move from one service to two services, uh, I dream of the day that maybe we, we, we go from two services to three services where, where maybe we have to have a Saturday night service. Maybe we have to have a service on a different day. Like, like that's going to be great. But you know what? We're going to start on Sunday first. Why? Because we're going to honor the Lord the first of the week. 
As a church, we're going to say, this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Those other things may come, but as the creation of our church and the beginning stages, uh, baby steps of our church, we're going to say, we're putting you first, Jesus. That's why we're involving ourselves and participating in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Listen, if you need a breakthrough in your life, maybe you do have some addiction, or maybe you need some answers in your life, can I tell you, man, get in with 21 days of prayer and fasting with us. And so it's what we're saying, God, we're putting you first this year. We're putting you first, not just this year, but we're making a statement for the decade. I keep on going back to the decade because I want you to get that in your spirit that what we're doing in the beginning of this year is not just for this year. I believe it's for the next 10. So we're saying, Jesus, we're, we're putting you first. Can I tell you, some things only come through prayer and fasting. Don't believe the lie that you don't have time to fast. Don't believe the lie that your job doesn't allow you to fast. Oh, because of my job, I can't do it. I just can't do it. That's a lie. I want you to know that we all can fast and do something. It may be a meal. It may be types of food. It may be three days out of the week. It may be every day of the week. Whatever it is for you. We're not telling you what to fast. We're just saying, try it. Try God. You need a breakthrough? Try God and begin to pray and to fast, giving God the first of everything. That's why we tithe. When, when, when we tithe, when we, we give God our 10% of everything that comes in, it's the first, the Bible says, not the last. We're not giving God our leftovers. We're giving God the first. We talked about it a few, a few months ago. But we're giving God our first 10%, not the last 10%, or whatever seems to be left over. Put God first in everything. It's crazy. But God blesses whatever you put first. His does. God blesses whatever you put first. Prayer. You may not have time to pray, but man, when you wake up in the morning, man, it'd be the first thing off your lips. Man, let it be. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I love you. That may be the only thing you got time for. Let it be the only thing that you say when you wake up. Lord, I love you. I thank you. Come on, if you take a shower, man, you got some time. Come on, when you're doing your hair, lady, come on, those ladies, if you're doing your hair, you got some time. Come on. <laughs> we can find time to put him first in every area of our life. Secondly, say no to the flesh. Say no to the flesh. You will never be able to overcome any addiction until you are able to tell your flesh no. You see, we're made up of a three-part being, spirit, soul, body. 
Our spirit man is the part that really loves God a lot. It's, it's the part that, that when we say yes to Jesus and we say, be my Lord and my Savior, it's the piece that says, okay, when Jesus comes back or we die on this earth, it, it, it's, it's the piece of us that says, cool, let's go to heaven, let's go meet Jesus. It's our spirit man. But we have also our soul, which is our emotion, our mind, and our wills. And we have our body. It, it has its own set of cravings. And the thing is, is that all all three want to be in charge at the same time. How many got kids? They want to be in charge at the same time, right? The older wants to tell the younger what to do, and the younger wants to tell the older uh, what to do and where to go and how to shut up and all of those things. Like, if you got kids, you've been there, right? They just want to be in charge. And in our lives, all three of these, mind, body, our soul, our spirit, they want to be in charge at the same time. And we have to decide who's going to be in charge. Our spirit man, our soul, our body. And if you will learn the art of denying your flesh on a regular basis, I believe it will help you with the addictions that you face. Telling your appetite Nah, I don't need that. Come on. Like, I challenge you this week to like go hours. I'm not going to say a day. Just go hours without checking Facebook. Statistics say that people look at their phones like four million times a day. No, I'm just kidding. I just made that up. But, <laughs> but, 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 but you're like, oh, that's what makes sense. Okay. And so I try to just, just don't, not, not a day, just a couple hours. Just don't look at social media. Just kind of put your phone away. Like, cool. Like Instagram, but I got to do it for the gram. No, no, no. Like, just wait, just give it a couple hours. All right. TV, tell your appetite. No. Oh, but it's my favorite series. Tell it. No. Come on. I love TV. I love it. I mean, I'm going to watch the Texans today. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. And Titans look tough, though. <laughs> but tell your appetite, no, eating. Uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. What are you doing? You're telling your body, no. I love ice cream. Bluebell. Well, what am I telling my body? No. Like, stop it. If I don't look like Cody, I can't do that. It's not good. Making sure that the thing doesn't have a mastery over my life. Well, one of the things that, that we've done over the last couple of months is, is um, I, I, love, I love coffee. In fact, I love coffee and ice cream. And, and for many, many years, I just... You know, the kids go to bed, we take a deep breath, life is good. <sighs> Ice cream and coffee, yes. It's, like, it's my jam, all right. I, you know, it's my guilty pleasure, all right. I love ice cream and coffee. And, um, but it got to a point where if I didn't have coffee at night, I would wake up earlier in the morning and have a headache because I haven't had enough caffeine in my system. Because <sighs> I love coffee. And so... So I stopped drinking coffee at night. What was I doing? It's telling my body, no. 
So most occasions, <laughs> I got one glass, like, hey, you need to get off coffee, bro. <laughs> Outside of holidays, they're just, you know, we pretty much, on our regular routine, I, I say no to coffee at night. What am I doing? I'm telling my body no. I'm telling my cravings no. And I believe if we will learn to tell our cravings no, it's not even a sin issue. It's not even, it's not even something that, that's, that, that, on the grand scheme of things of spiritual nature or spiritual stuff, it's not a big deal. But what I'm doing is I'm telling myself no. And if we will begin to tell ourselves no, we will begin to train our mind. Do you know that your mind literally will begin to train itself and switch the way you think that it will literally be easier when you go through addiction or you go through struggles. It'll be easier to say no to that because you've trained yourself to say no to other things. Romans says in chapter six, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God for sin shall no longer be your, ma your master. How do we do it? How do we not let sin be our master? We kill it. We kill the flesh. We kill the cravings. We, we kill it. We say, we say no. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and its desires. I want to challenge you to take something this week, a craving, and tell it no. That I'm breaking the power of this addictive behavior. Because what I starve dies. Try it. You stop eating, you'll die. <laughs> we may need to edit that in the podcast. Like, <laughs> doctor's orders, I don't know. <laughs> but what I starve will die. Lastly, go all in with Jesus. Go all in with Jesus. Put God first in every area. Say no to your flesh, but go all in with Jesus. You're never going to get the best of God halfway. I wish I could tell you you could, but you can't. You'll never get the best of God halfway. You may say things like, man, this Christianity stuff, it doesn't work for me. Of course it didn't, because you didn't go all in. I I'm trying to say that as nice as I can this morning. But you didn't go all in. Last year, I challenged you just to make every Sunday this, this month that your life, I promise you, you'll want to continue. I said by May, your life, you'll look back by May and you'll say, man, I'm so glad I made this a part of my life. But I, every year at the beginning of the year, I, we want to challenge you. Make this church a priority for this year. A priority. Not, not just whenever. Make it a priority. 
Give us a year of your life. Will you, will, will you give me a year of your life? Because in two weeks, we're going to celebrate two years of our church being in existence. Yeah. And one of the things we want to do is we want to, we want to tell stories of what this church has meant to some of you. And can I tell you, there's stories that you haven't heard of people that were like, I don't know what I would do if this church didn't exist. You didn't have church the last Sunday of the year. I thought I was going to lose my mind. I didn't even know what to do. We've been waiting. We can't wait from the time we leave till the next Sunday because of what God has done in their lives. Give us a year of your life. You've tried everything else. You've tried everything else. Would you try us? Would you try this church? Would you, would you decide to go all in? Not halfway, but go all in. Get into the growth track today. If, if you call this church your home and you've been here for any amount of time, I want to challenge you. Even if you didn't plan for it, I'm telling you, right after service is Growth Track. Growth Track is now only two steps. It's really easy. Get into Growth Track today. Maybe I should ask you, but I'm just, just going to tell it like it is. Get in the flow of this church. Stop doing things halfway. Get into growth track. Why? Because there's plans and there's purposes that God has on the inside of you that you need to, to begin to discover. It is not the only answer. It is just a answer. It is just the beginning of getting God to do something more inside of you. Seeing God rise up on the inside of you. Seeing hope rise on the inside of you. Why? Because there's people like you when you first came here that didn't know what it was going to be like, but God God began to do something on the inside of you. You thought it was just a high five, but no, it's God doing something on the inside of you. You thought it was just changing a baby's diaper, but no, it was something that you were doing on the inside of that kid that they may never know, but God knows and he sees it. You thought it was just serving or going to a group and but no, it was something that God wanted to do because you decided I'm going all in. I'm done doing things halfway or mediocre or mediocrity. Mediocrity is the enemy of great. I don't know about you. I want to be great. I want to be great. I want to be great. I want this year to be great. If you're a lady, go to the ladies conference next month. Sign up today. Go to our website. Sign up. Don't wait. Why? Because you need to be around other ladies. You need to be around other women that struggle too and go through the same things you go through or different things, but you realize, ah, oh, they go through things too.
do whatever women do when you get together. Go all in. Get into a group in a couple weeks as we start sign-ups. I hope you feel my passion this morning. God's not... Listen, God has the power to change you. But hear me. He's not going to change you when you just go halfway. It's not going to work. Because it takes two. It's him and it's you. It's him and it, he's already done the work. I told you, put God first. You know what? Why? Because he put Jesus first. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave what? His first son. He gave his only son. He gave first. So let's go. You got family that need Jesus. You got friends that need Jesus. You're going to work with people tomorrow that need Jesus. They're not going to meet Jesus. And they're not going to change. And we're not going to change if we don't go all in. Because what I starve dies. But what I feed thrives. What I starve dies, but what I feed thrives. Come on, I'm going to take some protein. Come on, I'm going to start to thrive a little bit. Come on. Like, like what I, like I'll stop eating ice cream. Come on. Like it's going, it's going, I'm going to start looking a little bit better. Like, let's go. And so, like, but what I starve dies and but what I feed thrives. And if we will feed our spirit man the word of God and not the things of this world, our spirit man will begin to rise. Our spirit man will begin to grow. Our spirit man will begin to, to exercise itself and, and begin to see who God is and the purpose and the plans he has for us. I want you to know I'm tired of people living their lives and not experiencing God. But here's the deal is that we wrap this thing up today. I can't want it more for you than you. I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself. I can't. Like I'm telling you, I want it bad. I want it bad for you. I want it bad for you. Because I know what God has done in me. And I know what God has done in you. I know what he's done in you. And I know what he's done in you. I know what he's done in you what he's doing in you. I see it. And it happens when you go all in. So with your heads bowed and eyes closed, today you're here and you suffer with addiction. You're here and the struggle is real. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but I felt very strongly of two things as we pray. One is, is that I felt really strongly praying for this message that, that maybe somebody needed to talk to somebody today. 
if you need to talk to somebody, I want you to know that you can talk to me after service or you can talk to, to one of our leaders after service. But I, I want to make sure that you know that you don't leave today without talking to somebody if that is you today. Maybe you walked in here and said, man, if I just could talk to somebody, man, that could help me. I want you to know that God hears you and he knows where you're at today. Thank you for joining us on the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at myhoperising.co. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.